0141 951 1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we start yet another busy midweek of football. Rangers are set for a trip to take on Borussia Dortmund, but will they be spared the challenge of facing Erling Haaland? After recent domestic successes, it's on to the Europa Conference League and Bodo Glimt for Celtic. And a big night in the Premiership is manager Les Aberdeen facing Johnston amid more Jim Goodwin speculation. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Gordon Diel and Roger Hanna. Well, we've got a great title race in the Premiership this season Gordon we've got four great Scottish Cup quarterfinals to look forward to but we can park all that just now European football is back two terrific ties two different competitions and really big games for both Celtic and Rangers this midweek yeah looking forward to this uh, this week Roger after an exciting Cup uh, weekend and obviously last night their last game uh, Peterhead and Dundee um, all the clubs there not a derby but it's a good draw and uh, looking forward to Thursday night the European football once again for Rangers and Celtic Yes, so one four one nine five one one zero two five. That is the number you need to get in touch with the guys tonight. What's happening? So make sure you pick up that phone and let us know what is on your mind. I mean, Roger Hanna, there is no shortage of topics that might be on the minds of the listeners because it really is all happening. We're caught up in a, a breathless title race. We take a bit of a break from that for the Scottish Cup. Most of the favourites. It's a very strong looking quarter-final line-up, the draw's been made we've got a high-profile managerial vacancy of course in the Premiership as well so it's been a very, very busy start to the the second part of the season yeah, if you like, after the winter break It's a good point you make about the Scottish Cup actually Gordon, because usually there's a you know, maybe a championship team, maybe a League One team has sneaked into the quarter-finals but if you look at the line-up, currently the top seven in the Premiership plus Dundee who won last night it is a very, very strong Line up for the quarterfinals Something really to look forward to I think um, all four ties are going to be broadcast live next month Great for the TV viewers as well Great for the radio listeners um, We've got a great, as we say One point between Celtic and Rangers in the Premiership at the minute And they're both in Europe And as we said in the show on Saturday It's actually quite unusual to get to this Later stage of the season And both Celtic and Rangers have everything there laid before them In terms of a league title fight A chase for the Scottish Cup and pursuit of the later rounds in Europe. It's, it's a terrific time to watch it. Yes, it's at this part of the week we start turning our attention slowly towards those European games. So please, Rangers fans, Celtic fans, pick up the phone and let us know what's on your mind. 01419511025. Aberdeen fans, keen to hear from you. St Mirren fans, uh, that's an interesting one we have to watch as well. Gordon Deal with the game tonight. Mm. Yeah, it'll be interesting uh, how the supporters rack at Pataudry tonight. That's going to be a very important game against St Johnston. Desperate for a result as well, Gordon. Uh, the rumours are going about, uh, obviously heading towards Paisley. Jim Goodwin, can he be you know, prized away from St Mirren? I'm sure St Mirren will do everything they can to hold on to him. But it's interesting times. Aberdeen really looking for the right appointment. Uh, it's okay saying it afterwards. Stephen Glass, I just didn't think fit it into the Aberdeen way. 
didn't know a lot about you know coaching in the Scottish game. First big job for him just didn't happen. The Aberdeen fans turned on him at Fir Park, and when that happens, you tend to lose your job. So they're in search for a new manager. And when it, when it happens in front of the chairman and owner, does you know? I think it was significant that Dave Cormack was back in the country, witnessed those ugly scenes at Fir Park involving Lewis Ferguson on Saturday afternoon. And when you see things like that, when the players get involved with supporters, when the supporters turn, not just in the manager but on the board as well, that really is the death knell but for there's any a lot manager. Of pressure, there are a lot of pressure now on the, the board of Aberdeen because they're sitting down there ninth, they're out the, both cups, it's been a poor, poor season. They've got a good squad, Roger, you can't argue with that. They've got a very decent squad, experienced, young, good players there as well. Um, so it'll be an interesting appointment, they've got to get the right one. It, it will does, you know, it, anybody who's anybody knew on Sunday morning that Stephen Glass had lost his job, it's now a big decision. Dave Cormack has to look at all those Aberdeen fans and make the right call. Well, funnily enough, our first guest tonight might have some thoughts on that, but that's not why we've given him a call tonight. Regular listeners will know we always try and give you a bit of an inside track on the European opposition facing your team. So let's do that right now with a man who needs no introduction. Uh, Derek Ray joins us to talk all things Borussia Dortmund. Derek, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Nice to be on with you, Gordon. Yeah, nice to have you. I mean, Derek, quite often we do this because we're looking for... A bit of a, an education into what the teams may face and fans might not have heard of the opposition or know too much about them. This is this is different. This is Rangers playing one of the household names in European football, a glamour tie, a massive side. How, how exciting is this tie to look forward to from your perspective? Very exciting. I think Rangers obviously are going into it feeling that they have a chance while knowing that they are the underdogs. If you're looking at this from a, a Dortmund point of view, they view this as a trophy to be won. Now, it's not lost on them that you don't just turn up and lift the trophy. It's a competition they've never won before. So they're using this as an incentive. It was bitterly disappointing for them to crash out of the Champions League in a group that really should have been manageable. And they were in control of the group after a couple of match days. Then against Ajax, it all went the wrong way for them. But, you know, this is a team that should be competing uh, at the business end of a competition like the Europa League. And we can talk about the, the star names. There are plenty of them. You know, they're clearly the second best team in the Bundesliga at the moment. They're a bit behind Bayern. They're six points in arrears of Bayern as things stand. I don't think they're going to catch Bayern. Um, but they're out of the German Cup. They were knocked out recently by St. Pauli of the second division. So if you look at what's left for Dortmund to play for this season, you could say, OK, try to put pressure on Bayern and the Bundesliga. That's a long shot. Maybe the Europa League is a long shot. But as I said, uh, they should be amongst the teams who can win it. So they're not underestimating Rangers, they've spoken about their respect for this Rangers team but of course they feel they should win the tie Derek, it's Roger here, how are you? Uh, sorry, Hi Roger It was a decent win for them at the weekend, Marco Roy scored a couple of goals at Berlin on Sunday afternoon noticeable of course, still no Erling Haaland, the words seem to be yesterday, he's not going to make it in time, is this one of these smoke screens, can, can you still see Haaland <laughs> being involved, if not on Thursday, then in the second leg at Ibrox next week? Well, one of the local papers managed to get pictures from Dortmund's Brackel training headquarters of Holland doing some working out just yesterday. So
So, you know, there is hope, but I'm not convinced that they would throw him straight in. You know, they've had this problem with Holland before. He's a bit susceptible to these muscular injuries, and he's such a key part of who they are. Yes, they know they're probably going to lose him at the end of the season. That's quite likely. But while they have him, they want to make sure that he's in peak condition for when they need him. And you're right. You know, I think the second leg at Ibrox would be more um, of, the, the, of a time frame for Holland and saying, right, we've got to have him fit to start. So maybe he's available on the bench. We shall see. Um, certainly there'll be a lot of eagle eyes on the final training session tomorrow to see if, if Holland is in full training. But to go back to that game at the weekend against Union, I think a lot of people were expecting that Dortmund might slip up there because Bayern, I watched them on Saturday, lost to Bochum. And so that sort of opened the door for Dortmund. And they have this habit of messing things up when the pressure is on and when they can close the gap. But it was one of the most accomplished performances of the season against Union in Berlin. Um, what I would say about Dortmund is... Yes, they've got all these fantastic players and they press as a team really well when they're on their game. But they've got this bad habit of being caught when building up from the back. And I'm sure that's something that Rangers will have done their homework on. Um, they've conceded far too many goals through that. So they played 4-2-3-1 at the weekend, trying to make it a bit more stable in front of that sometimes vulnerable back four. Yeah, I mean, Derek Erling Haaland gets a lot of the headlines, understandably so, but this is hardly a team that's lacking in, in other stars. We mentioned Marco Royce scoring at the weekend, experience like Axel Witzel, wonder kid like, like Jude Bellingham. In your mind, what, what really makes them tick at the moment? Well, you've highlighted Bellingham there, and at times I think they've been overly reliant on Holland and Bellingham. When some of the others are having a bad day, it, it's usually one of those two, or sometimes both, who almost drag Dortmund through. And it's remarkable when you consider how young they both are, but especially Bellingham. You know, he's somebody who just uh, has become a, a complete all-around midfield player in a short, you know, space of time as a Dortmund player. Um, they do have weaknesses. I mean, there is a bit of a glass jaw defensively, but that comes down to the way that they try to attack as a team. And they do leave themselves too open. They leave themselves with, with too many bodies forward at times. So, you know, it's on the counter-attack where they can be vulnerable. But, um, you know, Dahoud is another very good player in tight spaces. Mo Dahoud, you know, somebody who, who Rangers fans might not know so well, but will get to know well over the course of these two games. Uh, they had Mats Hummels back at the weekend. He had been missing for the 5-2 defeat that they suffered against Leverkusen when they did get um, counter are attacked to death and uh, Royce is somebody who had gone through a bit of a sticky patch but I mean his class really comes to the fore and again he was used in his best position um, on Sunday which is as a number 10 if you like somebody who's playing off the front when it's 4-3-3 he's often uh, wide on the right and he's not going to do as much damage from there so it can be a different player on any uh, given day for Dortmund, that's the thing. But um, you know, Rangers at least can look at it that you know this is not a team that will just batten down the hatches. They will give the opposition opportunities. And it would be remiss to have you in the show and not ask Terry, but if the head coach Marco Rosa can lead Dortmund past Rangers, would that put him in the frame for the Aberdeen job? 
Oh, I don't know. I don't know if Aberdeen would. Uh, I don't know if he'd, he'd be good enough for Aberdeen. No, um, I, I think that uh, we'll see what happens with regard to these two matches. But yeah, obviously, following what's happening with the Dons at the moment, and uh, I feel bad for Stephen Glass. You know, he's he's a good guy and a good coach, but I think it was just the the wrong timing in retrospect. So um, we'll see what happens between now and the end of the season. But uh, Marco Jose, if he were interested, yeah, I wouldn't mind putting in a call. I think that would be a very good fit. But uh, now, uh, in all seriousness, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> just, just, just before we let you go, Derek, the, the glamour that's attached to this fixture may be diminished slightly due to, to crowd restrictions. Uh, over in Dortmund, not quite the you know not the full house and the the rampant atmosphere that we would otherwise associate with this fixture. Does that change anything in in your mind? It doesn't hurt for Rangers, I don't think. Um, you know, on the one hand, I suppose as a player, you want to go there and experience the stadium in all its glory. And you know, I've said before, it's my favourite venue to commentate from anywhere in the world. Never tire of it. But it's not the the football as it's meant to be at the moment. You know, it's ten thousand, and uh, you know that's been just a bit annoying for Dortmund because they haven't had that that twelfth man, the yellow wall, um, in full force. So uh, then, of course, come Ibrox, that will be true home advantage for Rangers. But again, these are you know players who want to play in front of full crowds uh, from the Dortmund angle as well. So I- I'm not sure that that will necessarily be a detriment uh, from their point of view. But yeah, if you were to look at it objectively and say, uh, you know, would you rather play Dortmund if you want to try to beat them or get a result in front of 10,000 rather than in front of, uh, you know, the 67,000 European maximum, you'd probably say 10,000. As a spectacle, obviously, it's not as good. Brilliant. Derek Ray, thank you very much for taking the time. As you can hear, a man who knows all about Borussia Dortmund and the challenge that they will pose Rangers on Thursday. So Rangers fans, what did you make of that? 01419511025. We've got these galaxy of stars. Was there any room for encouragement? Derek says a glass jaw defensively, perhaps maybe uh, one or two things that your team could exploit. Are you going over? Even better. I know there's not many. It would be nice to find someone who is. So pick up the phone either way and let us know. 01419511025. Celtic fans will do the same for your European opponents very soon. Let's bring in Andy, who is a Rangers fan, on the line. What are your early thoughts ahead of this one, Andy? Hi, guys. How are you doing? Okay. Hi. I was trying to go online. I was just saying to the producer, I would try and start with the same 11 we played against Hearts if we're all fit. You know, I said, he might, might tweak, Keel might tweak the formation a wee bit, but I don't want to defend it too deep because the way we're playing, we've got the firepower fire to score against any team, you know what I mean? So, I would try and start with the same 11. I don't know if uh, Balligan and Jack are going to be available or not, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, Roger, because the era under Steven Gerrard, we, we we did see some interesting team selections from him in Europe, if you remember early on, going quite counter-attacking, pitching guys like, I think, Brandon Barker came in, didn't he, to, to some of the sort of early European games. We, we've seen a bit of Giovanni Van Bronckhurst in Europe, not up against this level of opposition. So it'd be interesting to see if he just, you know, sticks to what, what Rangers do or if it's a team very much designed to try and combat the opposition. Um, I, th- I think he has been a little bit more pragmatic than Steven Gerrard in all competitions so far, Gordon. So I think Andy's probably right. The two issues that, in terms of fitness, that Giovanni will be asked to address tomorrow are Ryan Jack and Leon Balligan. If Ryan Jack is fit, I would imagine he would start... For me, that would mean either John Lundstrom or Glenn Kamara in next to him in a 4-2-3-1. 
And at the back If there's no Balligan Is Fela Palander Ready to go in You know he played at Annan At the weekend But he's been out For a period of time Is he ready to come in Or would it be Bassey tucking in With Goldson again And a start for Barris They're the big selection issues But I, th- I think the 4 2 three, one Is his Preferred formation I think you, you know You've seen it in all competitions And I think that's You know he'll stick to Even if it means You know b- Both Arfield and Aribo In the three With Ryan Kent Yeah I mean Gordon The Hearts team Was the one Andy mentioned yeah. I don't run through it all I think mm-hmm. everyone remembers That you know John Lundstrom came in Jack and Aribo Kent Morelos etc that, that sort of picks itself Does that sound like a good plan in, in your mind? Well, I think the most important thing is at the back for me. I think that uh, going away from home, you've got to be solid, Gordon. And um, Balogun gives them that bit of comfort that they can get up the pitch a little bit further because of his pace. So I think he'd be a big player, obviously, against Hearts. Jack and Lundstrom just sat there. Arfield, Kent and Aribo was the three behind Morelis. And it worked very, very well. It was interesting to hear Derek there. And I think a lot of Rangers fans will take encouragement that, you know, Rangers are good away from home. The counter attack—they're very strong at that. They've made, you know, they've they've had some good results in Europe because of the way they can play and hit teams on the counter attack. That could be a big plan for them at the on Thursday night. But it'll be interesting to see the personnel that he goes with. Andy, I'm going to make a guess here that exactly two weeks ago tonight, if we had had this conversation, most Rangers fans two weeks ago tonight. Would have envisaged Aaron Ramsey starting a game like this. Have we now learned in the last two weeks that that's that's not going to be the case? Any chance of that no, for you? No, I don't think so. I don't think he's just he's not quite ready yet. You know, what I mean, I know it's like a catch twenty two. He's not got a lot of time, and we've not got a lot of time. But we need to give him time to get up to the way he can play. So I don't think he'll play him. He'll probably, well, he'll definitely go on the bench. I imagine, you know, uh, just a wee thing yeah. with I, I just think Barisic just looks a wee bit. Apprehensive and I think that Celtic games destroyed his confidence. To be honest with you, yeah, Roger. I mean, on the Aaron Ramsey one, I don't think anyone would disagree. I don't think we'll get many calls su- suggesting that you know that he would start the game. There must be just a slight temptation there in some fans' minds, though, to to utilise a player that's operated at his level. Yeah, but listen, a, a lot of the you know the pondering for Giovanni van Bronckhorst this week is. How much importance is he placing on the tie against Dortmund? You have to remember, you know, that's Thursday evening. Rangers are back at Tannadice at noon on Sunday for a hugely important league game. No disrespect to their neighbours, Dundee. I would expect Celtic to win at home to Dundee later on on Sunday afternoon. So Rangers can't really countenance dropping anything at a venue where they've already lost in the league this season. So it depends, you know, does Aaron Ramsey maybe start in Dortmund and... Say for instance Joe Aribo's held back for Tannadice Does Stephen Davis start in Dortmund And maybe Ryan Jack's given two or three more days To get ready for Tannadice It's a great balance of There's a whole host of fixtures left For Rangers and Celtic It's not going to happen That the same eleven's going to play I every game it, for either team I think it, I can understand what you're saying Roger It will depend on the importance of Where he's looking at the game on Thursday Compared to the game on Sunday um, I think the most important one's obviously Sunday, but to throw Aaron Ramsey in just after you know what was it sixty seventy minutes down at Annan uh, over in Dortmund, I think that's a big ask just now. Rangers fans, what do you think? Tell us right now: oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. And Celtic fans, 
perfect time for you to pick up the phone because we're going to do the same thing. We're going to get the lowdown on your European opposition. So pick up the phone 01419511025 and we'll speak to you next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Gordon DL and Roger Hanna are here. It's 01419511025 if you want to join them. So please do. We've been getting the inside track from Derek Ray on Borussia Dortmund. Celtic fans, we're about to do the same thing for your European opponents. So pick up the phone. Let us know what you're thinking ahead of Thursday. In fact, it's it's new territory for us, isn't it? We've not really experienced much of this new Europa Conference League. How much do you well how much do you care about it, Celtic fans? What do you think? How much of a a priority does this become? Obviously the league is the priority, but where is the, the appetite, where's the ambition in the Europa Conference League? Tell us how you feel about that competition right now. O one four one nine five one one oh two five and whilst you get your calls in we'll speak to John, who is a Rangers fan. Based on what you've been hearing, John, what are you thinking then ahead of Thursday? Hi, hi guys, thanks for having us on again. I was just speaking, uh, just um, listening to what you've been saying there about will they play Ramsey. We paid all this money for him. He's a quality player. Uh, he showed that over the years. We're playing against a top quality European side. So as a Rangers fan, and I don't know what many people out there, why don't we get him in and let's see what he's made of? Give us everybody a boost. And with his quality, hopefully, surely, he could turn it on for us. He has been with us now a couple of weeks, so he's probably been training hard. I know he's known a lot of games since he's left Juventus, but how long do we need to wait to see what he's all about? Let's get him in there on Thursday night and hopefully can turn it on. What do you guys think? Oh, listen, it'll be interesting, Gordon. As we said, it's all about priorities. You know, I think it was 11 changes in the side for Annan at the weekend from Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. So he is managing his resources, his playing personnel. He has managed Ramsey's minutes so far. Um, Ahmed Diallo is another whose minutes have been managed um, since the first half at Celtic Park. So it depends. I, I think he will play his strongest team at Tannadice on Sunday because at the minute there is no wriggle room for Rangers in terms of the title fight. So whether that means... Two or three players get a rest again on Thursday night. It'll be fascinating to see what the team selection is because for me, he does has already said it and I agree with him, Dundee United at Tannadice on Sunday is more important to Rangers season than Dortmund in Germany on Thursday. It's all down to how the, the, the manager sees his fitness, Roger. Um, I, I I agree that the fact that if you go to Dortmund you're thinking, right, my concentration... Fully is probably on the league, which it should be and it will be. Um, I think that there's an opportunity to throw him in, but you're putting a bit of risk because it depends on as much as everybody says, yeah, he's a quality player, we brought him over here to play in these big games. Well, he got brought over in the biggest game right away with Celtic, didn't even feature in that. Uh, a big game on Thursday night. Now he's had a bit of training, as uh, John says. He's had a bit of game time. It just depends where they think he is at his fitness just now. They won't put him into risk him because you're going to Dortmund, you're going to Germany. They've got quality players. The pace of the game will be very high early on. They might just take that into consideration. Surely this game is just as important though. I, I, I get everyone's obsessed with this title race and winning it and, and, and what it would mean, but this is Borussia Dortmund. It's the Europa League. These are the games that... You know, the Celtic and Rangers are meant to thrive on. It seems like you two are suggesting you rest players just to, to concentrate on a big one at Tannadice. Surely you're not going that far. Um, well, listen, 
you, you know what it's like in this show, Gordon? You've done it long enough. If Rangers lose 1-0 to Borussia Dortmund in Germany on Thursday night, then it will be a setback to their European ambitions. Uh, but I think the supporters would see it for what it is. If Rangers lose one nothing at Tannadice on Sunday for the second time this season and fall four points behind Celtic, then the supporters won't belong in phoning this show and giving their opinions. Um, whether we like it or not, Europe plays second, very probably third fiddle in Rangers' list of priorities this season. And Celtic are no different. And Celtic's list of priorities is exactly the same. Premiership title, number one. Scottish Cup, number two. Progress in Europe, number three. I do agree. I, I think that uh, it'd be a terrific scalp um, to to take Dortmund um, home and away. There's no doubt of that, and I'm sure every Rangers fan, that's what they're looking for because they want to keep their cell. They want uh, this run in Europe. Derek races there that... You know, Dortmund, look at the size of the club they are. They're sitting there in the Bundesliga just behind Bayern Munich. You look at the quality they've got. They want to win the trophy. I'm sure Rangers want to win the trophy. Of course they do. But I'm a, a bit with Roger here. Um, I think they would rather take a real positive result on Sunday uh, against Dundee United. What do you think, John? Surely you want to give this a right good go on Thursday. Hi, can I come back in again, guys? Of course, on you go. Hi, sorry. Um, no, I know what you're saying about the Europe and the league and all that, but we're, we're paying a lot of money for a quality player like Ramsey. What I'm trying to basically get across here is, I know the Dundee United game and all the rest of it, this is important as well financially to the club. So when do we see Ramsey? I understand we didn't play him against Celtic, fling him into the lines then, uh, just arriving, I get that. But you're talking about a world-class player here, Ramsey, so get him in on Thursday night. Even if we can get maybe 50, 60 minutes, there's plenty of quality in the bench as well. But let's get him in with quality um, star players again. If he can't go out and play against Dortmund and show what he's made of, I think you'd get more out of Ramsey playing against world-class players and good for Rangers going there and try to get something. So that's my whole take on the whole point with Ramsey. Yeah, you make a strong case anyway, John. Thank you very much. It's 01419511025. Rangers fans, keep your thoughts coming on that. Celtic fans, I did say it's a great time for you to get involved since we're on about priorities. What do you think about the Europa Conference League? It's this new concept for us. We've not really had much experience of it. How much do you care? What do you think of the Conference League this season? Celtic fans, get your phone calls in and we'll give you the inside track on Bodo Glimt right now because I'm pleased to say we're joined on the line and talk about a man who can give us the perfect inside track here because David Weatherson, you may know the name, former St Johnston, Falkirk, Queen's Park player and now lives in Norway and is somewhat of an expert on Bodo Glimt. So there we go, you're a man of, of many talents, David. Thank you for joining us. Uh, tell us what sort of challenge Celtic face on Thursday. Yeah, hi Gordon, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, um, looking forward to it on Thursday, obviously, first things first. Um, Bodo Glimt come into this off the back of two months without a competitive game. Obviously, we're in our, our pre-season over here in Norway, so it's going to be interesting to see what level they're at. Um, they've been training in Alicante for the last sort of, three, four weeks to get ready for it. So, um, yeah, it sh- should be an interesting one. Celtic will probably be met with a bit of a mirror in terms of style, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how, seeing how it goes, yeah. Yeah, we've seen this before in Europe at this stage, David. It happens semi-often. Our teams will draw a team that has finished their season a while ago and is in the off-season. And we always hear the same thing. It's clearly there are two distinct arguments here. Either 
Bodo Glimt will be fresh and raring to go and that will be problematic for Celtic or they'll be rusty because they've not played competitive football uh, and that will be beneficial to Celtic. Which one do you tend to lean to? Uh, I think uh, I think they'll be ready to go, uh, to be honest. I think they're a very, very professional outfit. I think the manager, Sheffield Knudsen, will have them fired up and uh, very fit after what I'd imagine has been a pretty hard-working um, training camp in uh, Spain. So, yeah, I think um, it's been a sh- much shorter uh, off-season this year because of COVID than usual in Norway. So I think uh, I think yeah, it'll have done them good to have a wee two-month rest from games and I think they'll be ready to go, yeah. You mentioned something that interested me there. You said Celtic will face somewhat of a, a mirror. So uh, is that just the formation or even within that, stylistically, the way they go about games, are they similar to Celtic? Yeah, I think it will be, it's really, really similar. The way I've watched Celtic recently, and it's really similar to going to 4 3 3, and also the two outside uh, central midfielders pushing forward into the gaps between the fullbacks and the centre defenders, width from the wingers, uh, high pressing, um, yeah, quick transitions. I think it's it's a really interesting matchup. I don't think it's a big difference between the two teams at all. Now, when assessing the, the strength of the challenge, David, you often get certain highlights that jump out. And obviously the results against Roma would suggest that, that Bodo Glimt are a very uh, tough opponent for Celtic. Has, has anything changed since then? What level of upheaval has gone on within the squad? I know some players certainly have left. Um, how many, how different or how similar will the team be? Yeah, uh, it's been a bit of a bit of change. There's been four four regulars from last year that have, have left basically since the since the Roma game. Um, Patrick Berg, holding midfielder, uh, he's going to Lens in France. He'll be replaced by probably Elias Hagen, who's a young young boy that's come through the system in uh, Glimt. Um, Frederick Bjorkans left for Hertha Berlin. That's a left back. Uh, they signed. A boy from Sandefjord called Bryce Wimbangomo. Um, probably quite similar in style to Björkan. He'll play left-back, but he is right-footed, but he's quite two-footed. So interesting to see how he gets on. Um, we've also lost striker Eric Bottheim. He's gone to Russia to play with Krasnodar, and he's been replaced. I'm unsure who'll start. It's probably likely that um, Victor Boniface, who was injured all of last year, um, he's about 20, 21. He'll probably play. Um, he's been there for a few years now and he's a very big talent. Uh, interesting to see how he does this year because I think there's a lot of people expecting him to score sort of 15, 20 goals uh, this year. And the other one to leave was um, Marius Lode, uh, central defender. He's gone to Schalke and to be honest, I don't think it's a huge downgrade. Uh, Marius Hoybrook, and he played a lot of games last year, will step in. Uh, so yeah, uh, a bit of a change, a bit of upheaval. But most of the faces uh, who start were there uh, at the end of last season. I think there's just sort of one or two that might be new that start the game. David, it's Roger Hanna. How are you? I was just going to ask, Hi. you find, you know, Bodo Glimt have won titles. They came to international attention with those two results. Not just the 6-1 against Roma, but going over to Italy and getting the 2-2 in the return game as well against Jose Mourinho's side. Kjetos Knudsen is getting linked with jobs all over Europe. You tend to find, eventually, clubs who have a bit of unexpected success, they, they sort of tip off 
and start going downhill again. Uh, have we seen the best of Bodo Glimp or do, do you think there's there's more to this team? You know, can they reach the heights of those Roma results again when they play Celtic? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I mean, obviously, financially, the last two years has been absolutely massive for them for the foreseeable future. They're basically sorted. The 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 money they've got from the transfers this winter has been upwards of I think 10, 15 million euros, uh, which is absolutely huge uh, for them. But yeah, they've lost a lot of good players in the last two years, so it's going to be difficult. Um, I think they'll be a little bit below again uh, what they were last year, but having seen some of the comments that have come out of the training camp, some of the players that were there last year say they're very, very impressed with the players that have stepped in, and then some of the young players look very good as well. Um, I, it's hard to say if Knudsen does leave. I don't. I don't think Knudsen will leave just now. He's been linked. Uh, I saw some people mention him to Aberdeen. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but he, he rejected Rosenborg in the winter as well uh, to stay at Bode Glimt, signed a new contract. So I think he's going to be here for this year. Um, and as long as he's here, and I think there will be progression plan after him probably for next year. Uh, and it, and that's the point where they. It'll be interesting to see where they are again because they have signed quite a few players who are around the 21, 22 year old mark and yeah if they can get up to the level that, that they're replacing then they should, they'll should they still be challenging in Norway that's for sure Brilliant, looking forward to it thank you very much to David Weatherston for joining us how's that for an inside track a man who's played many professional games in Scotland now lives in Norway and keeps a very very close eye on Norwegian football so hopefully Celtic fans you've learned a thing or two why not pick up the phone and let us know your thoughts, so 141951-1025. Not only is it going to be a busy midweek on the pitch, but a busy midweek for this. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Golden Goals. Now remember, we've got that huge cash prize to give away to one of you at the end of the season, and the amount we give away all depends on how many goals Celtic or Rangers score between now and then. Now this includes European games as well so the pot could grow significantly depending how well Celtic and Rangers do. We add £250 for every goal that they score in every competition and we're already sitting at 11,750. Now I can't promise that Rangers will go to Dortmund and run in six goals but either way any goal that they they do score will add £250 to the pot and we'll keep doing that until the end of the season. One person wins the lot but to be in with the chance you have to text GOAL to 61025 that's G-O-A-L to 61025 it's £2 to text plus your standard message rate over 18s only full terms and online entry are at Clyde1.com and the lines close 6pm Saturday 21st of May which is Scottish Cup final day so for your chance to be the winner text GOAL to 61025 and we'll take more of your calls next 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish Football's League Leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Gordon DL and Roger Hanna are here It's 0141-951-1025 If you'd like to join them We're already turning our attentions to Europe on Thursday We do have big action in the Premiership tonight And we'll look at that situation a bit later on Aberdeen fans, get your calls in please What's the latest opinion from you on the managerial vacancy there 
at Pataudry. But we just gave you the inside track from David Weatherson, former professional footballer here in Scotland, now lives in Norway, knows all about Bodo Glimt, and uh, gave us quite an interesting insight, I'm sure you will agree. So let's see what the Celtic fans make of it. Ross is first up. Ross is a Celtic fan from Drumchapel. Coming off the back of the Wraith Rovers game, Ross, and, and going into Europe, what are you thinking ahead of this one? I think um, and Todd probably will be determined to make a point on Thursday because obviously we didn't play too well at the start of the Wraith Rovers game. He made that clear at his post-match interview that he wasn't too happy um, with the way the team played. Um, so I think he'll be determined for the team to come out and make a point. And I'm quite confident for the Border Glint game. Yeah, I mean Gordon DL Ross is right. Ange Postacoglu was not happy. Did he ever shout at you like that when you were when you were oh. teammates over there in in Melbourne? I tell you what, he showed a different side of him, didn't he? If he shouted to me like that on the pitch, he certainly got a reaction off off of me. Um, he wasn't happy, Gordon. The pace of the game, everything, playing the ball backwards. He doesn't want to play football. That doesn't matter if you're playing a championship side or whatever. You have to play a certain way under this manager. It has to be. Pace in it, energy, everything, getting the ball forward, entertaining the fans. He believes in that and it's great for the Celtic supporters. I'll be interested to see what team he plays uh, Thursday night. Because uh, as much as we were talking about, you know, putting the, the onus on Rangers gone to Dundee United, you would imagine Celtic are more concentrating, obviously, in Sunday's well at home to Dundee, which is a fixture that I think everybody fancies them to win. But it'll be interesting just to see what team he puts out. Yeah, I mean, Roger Hanna, listen, people have shouted at Gordon DL mm. in that manner many, many times, just not usually football-related. <laughs> um, Ross's concern, not concern, but talking about, you know, sort of bouncing back, does that even come into the equation, or, or is that just a completely separate event on Sunday with albeit a strong team but still I think seven changes does this one just take care of itself yeah it was, it was a real eye opener on Sunday Gordon because it's human nature if, if footballers are human beings now on Sunday Celtic had a less than full Celtic Park so the fans didn't rate it as the most important game Celtic have just been at Aberdeen and won a terrific five goal thriller they've just beaten Rangers in the Derby they've got European games coming up they've got big Domestic Premiership games coming up It's only human nature for me That the players Maybe only go at 80%, 90% Whatever it is For a home game against Raith Rovers At a half full stadium at 4 o'clock on a Sunday The eye-opening part of it is Ange Postacoglu is not having that And he's made that abundantly clear to the players at the weekend He doesn't care if it's Rangers or Wraith He doesn't care whether it's Bodo Glimpt or Aberdeen they have to match the intensity that he demands all the time. And I, I know the point Ross is making. I think the players will have been surprised by the criticism from the manager after a 4-0 win. And I think come Bodo Glimt on Thursday night, when the lights are on and it's European football again, I don't think you'll see Celtic as sluggish as they were for periods of that game on Sunday. Without blaming individuals, Gordon, it was a mm. it was a absolute strong enough team to to not do that against Wraith Rovers or, or to not make the manager as frustrated. But Jota didn't start, Abada didn't start. Don't think Matt O'Reilly was anywhere. You know, just just naturally, will it just be a bit more 
like what we've ex- come to expect this season on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, but what I think the disappointed the manager was. You're right. The 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 ones that if you it was the starting eleven, the strongest eleven, Jota, i.e., these players would all be in it. There was guys in that team that was given an opportunity. Yes, it's against Ray Throvers. Um, so and you're at home as well. You've got to go out there and play to the best of your capabilities to keep putting a little bit of pressure on the manager saying, I'm ready whenever I'm going to give, be given my opportunity, my chance here. And I think that's what he was angry at, Gordon. He likes to play a certain way. Uh, he's never changed from that because we always spoke about formations and, you know, will he always play an attacking side? Of course, we've now realised this is the way the guy wants to play. So if you're not performing at that level... He's not shy in telling you. And I, I, as much as that was in the dugout shouting onto the pitch, I'd like to have been inside that dressing room and hear what he says to him. Yeah, thank you very much to Ross. It was nice to hear from you, Ross. 01419511025. John Paul is a Celtic fan up next. John Paul, I know this sounds very blunt, but, but bear with me. I'm basing this on the fact that you know we've not seen the Euro- Europa Conference League before. It is new. I wonder how much you care, John Paul. What? How much do Celtic fans care about the Conference League this season? Evening, Gordon, Roger and Gordon. Um, you know, I, I think I think going into this competition, you know, the way we went out the Europa League was was a hard luck story. You know, we, we gave our all, but but if you actually look at it, we actually, I think Celtic were the team that conceded most goals in the Europa League. Um, albeit we had a hard group, you know, we played Real Betis, we played Bayer Leverkusen, who, who are two teams in two leagues who are at the top end of the leagues, you know, so so going into the Europa Conference, I wasn't really looking forward to it as much, you know, I would have rather just been out of the competition and concentrating on the league, um, but the way that Celtic have bounced back from, not just from that, from going out that competition, but the way they've bounced back in the league, you know, they've never let the league, um, the, 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 sorry, the Europa League form come into the league, you know, they, they kept on continuing to win games, um, and Portugal has built a belief within the squad is about a team that, as Roger and Gordon just say, they go out and if they play a certain way. You know, and what I loved about Sunday is Celtic were very, very poor on Sunday was at the game and there wasn't as many fans, you know, and, and I don't think a lot of people picked up on this. I don't know if you guys did, but it, I think Ange Postacogo was more, he was really, really upset that he had to call on the big guns, that he was want to clearly give a rest. You know, you look at Matt O'Reilly, not even in the squad. Juranovic, not in the squad. Um... Starfield not in the squad Jota a bad Camry on the bench and at one point he got the freedom to warm up and I could see him telling him to get warmed up and as soon as he scored the second goal he told Camry he's still close back on sit down because he didn't want to play him you know and that wasn't showing disrespect to to um, Rafe Rovers it was trying to give other guys a chance and get them to play the way he played and, he, and you did see a bit of bite from him you know the first time he never came out and threw his players under the bus but he said I'll not put up with players who are only going to put in a performance or, or they're only going to do it for 45 minutes. And it's absolutely, um, I, I, for me and for any Celtic fan, it's astonishing to think just from the bench. I go back to the game at, at St. Johnston on Boxing Day. You had Doak, you had Moffat, you had Dawson, you had these players on the on the bench who, who are young, very, very young players, a very unexperienced bench. And you look at what he's got to come in on Thursday. As I just said, Juranovic, O'Reilly, you know, he's got options in the middle of the park, to come back in. Jota Abada will probably start because Mikey Johnson and James Forrest haven't even done it. So for Celtic fans, he's actually built up an excitement as we're looking forward to every game now. Every 
game, you look forward to it, and you look forward to what kind of Celtic team are going to uh, are going to come out and do it. So I just wanted to know what the boys think of that. Yeah, Roger, it is interesting, isn't it? What a feel-good factor can can do for you. I don't think us in Scottish football are in any position to turn our nose up at any uh, European competition. But all of a sudden, Celtic fans fancy a bit of this by the sounds of it. Yeah, absolutely, they do, and the way the team's been playing, why shouldn't they? Um, I go back to John Paul touching the St Johnson game in Boxing Day when Kyogo was injured. I actually go back three days earlier to the drop points at St Mirren with what was probably the weakest Celtic squad of the season just because of all manner of absentees just after that League Cup final win. And the transformation in squad strength and depth has been quite incredible. Um, in came Maeda, Hatate, Eriguchi, O'Reilly. The squad really has been bolstered in the transfer window. And they look completely different from even those two games that John Paul touches on it at the end of December. Uh, the supporters will be excited. They will believe Celtic can get past. Bodo Glimter or David Weatherson was talking up the Norwegians and what the threat they'll possess. I just think if you haven't played a game for two months and you're coming from a training camp in Alicante Street into Celtic Park, it's a very big ask. The fascinating thing for me though, Gordon, will be Everybody's excited about Europe. What happens when one gets through and one goes out? Is the European excitement any less? Yeah, I agree with Roger. I think they've got a very strong squad now and that's why the standards are there and that's why he was so angry. It's competition for places and uh, as I said earlier, it'll be interesting. I fancy them big time Thursday. Right, there might be big games on Thursday. In fact, there's a big game later on tonight but before we get to any of that, let's do this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. We even had some Valentine's poetry, Roger Hanna, suggesting that you should start on minus two now on Beat the Pundit. That's how strongly the people feel about it. Don't worry, Roger, you never play, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> He's played about twice. Yeah, that's very true. That is very true indeed. However, before we even get to that, remember, all this week, every contestant on Beat the Pundit receives a pair of tickets for the Virgin Bet Race Day at Air Race Course on Saturday the 12th of March. So just do what the guy last night did. He came on, was absolutely hopeless, only got one right, but he still won the tickets to the races anyway. Uh, so it really is a, a bit of a no-brainer for you. 01419511025 to take part. You still get the signed ball if you win, uh, but just for taking part, we send you and one other person to air races next month. Tickets are available online right now for the Virgin Bet Race Day at Air Racecourse, but you might as well win them. Your calls need to be in before 7 o'clock. Your chance to beat the pundit is next. Tackle the headlines. 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Gordon DL are here. It's 01419511025 if you'd like to get in touch. And we would certainly enjoy your company between now and 8 o'clock. Lots to get through. We've spoken to Derek Ray and David Weatherson, giving you the inside track on Borussia Dortmund and Bodo Glimt ahead of a big night in Europe. On Thursday, if you've got anything to add to those topics, please get your calls in right now. Plenty more time. And it's a big night for Aberdeen. This is their game in hand, although Stephen Glass has been sacked. Barry Robson's in charge, the search for a new manager. They could go within one point of fourth if they beat struggling St. Johnson uh, tonight. So, St. Johnson fans, if you've got any thoughts on taking advantage, I'm thinking you Aberdeen fans might want to get in touch 
anything changed since yesterday? What do you make of Stephen Glass's departure now that the dust has beginning to settle? And who should take his place? See more strong links with Jim Goodwin. Is that one you would like to see happen? And St Mirren fans, what would you think about that? Pick up the phone and let us know. 0141-951-1025 and we'll get to you after we play this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. Ah, yes, beat the pundit time. I'm not saying that the listeners are struggling, but even Alex Ray got a victory last oh. night, so that maybe tells you uh, where we're at at the moment. So Roger Hanna and Gordon Diel are standing by. Can, can we just try it, Roger? If it is you, an experiment, minus two. Come on, I won't, I'll, I'll tell Black Arthur it doesn't go against you on your record just ex- an experiment if, Come on, humour me If it makes you happy, Gordon Oh, listen I'm, I'm very easily amused Anyway, mm. it might be Gordon DL It tends to be uh, on a Tuesday Let's meet tonight's contestant Who is Nicholas from Partick How's it going, Nicholas? Yeah, I'm okay, thanks How are you guys? Yeah, Hi, good, Nicholas. thanks Have you ever you ever played before? No. no Were you hooked in by these tickets to the races Or were you fancying your chances anyway? A bit of both Ah, good well, listen, That's what it's there for Because even if it goes... Pete Tong from here You can go and enjoy the races anyway You don't even need to get any right The tickets are yours So enjoy your day out on us Gordon DL I bet you've had a few interesting trips to air races Given your well, history with the, the yeah, town Yeah I used to live down that um, mm-hmm. neck of the woods And I loved a wee day at the races Yeah I could tell you a few stories But not tonight <laughs> yeah, I think for, for everyone's uh, sanity It's probably best <laughs> that you don't um, I mean, I can't imagine you You must have had to you know, go in disguise down there Though a local celebrity like you You must have, you must have struggled I, I, rem- I remember going to the Air Grand National And didn't see a horse How's, uh, as, as true as I'm sitting here in this Is that uh, is, true. is that one of those stories that you can't, you can't tell us though? No, 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 I just went into right, the good. I went into the hospitality tent And never moved uh, out to see the horse racer I watched right, it on the TV it was, it was quite a good afternoon Right, you had me very worried there, uh, I must admit. Right, okay, uh, let's see what's going to happen. If it's heads, it will be Roger Hanna, who's agreed to start on minus two. And if it's tails, it will be Gordon Dale. I've got a coin here, let's see how we go. Yes, finally, finally we've got the heads. We've been waiting for months, Roger <laughs> Hanna, you are up. And let's see how you go on minus two. Ready? Yeah. Good stuff. Oh, Gordon Dale, he's going to have his eyes closed and everything, isn't he? He's going to really have to go for this. Oh, he can't hear me either. I'm forgetting that. Right, okay. Are we ready? Let's do this. Uh, Nicholas, I'm sure you know the way it works. 30 seconds. Answer as many questions as you can. If you don't know, pass quickly and move on, okay? Yep. Right, 30 seconds on the clock. Your time starts now. Which side did Celtic play in Brendan Rodgers' first Scottish Cup final? Aberdeen. Name either team Rangers beat in their Europa League group this season. Rapid Vienna. Who's the top-scoring Scotsman in the Premiership this season? I'll pass. Name any Scottish Premiership player who's played every minute for their club so far this season. Pass. How many Scottish clubs has Charlie Mulgrew played for? Three. And which Scottish Premiership side have conceded the most goals in 2022 with 12? St Johnson. Okay, let's bring Roger Hanna back. You ready, Roger? Yeah. Now, minus two. You're going to need to be bang at it. Don't let the pressure get to you, OK? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Good stuff. 30 seconds on the clock. Your time starts now. Which side did Celtic play in Brendan Rodgers' first Scottish Cup final? 
Aberdeen Name either team Rangers beat in their Europa League group this season Pass Who's the top scoring Scotsman in the Scottish Premiership this season Tony Watt Name any Scottish Premiership player who's played every minute for their club so far this season Pass How many Scottish clubs has Charlie Mulgrew played for Three Oh, you needed a bit more speed, I think, Roger. Hannah, yeah, Nicholas, what's the verdict? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not too sure. Mm. <laughs> Minus two, if you Let, not beat him, hang up. Let's go through them. Which side did Celtic play in Brendan Rogers' first Scottish Cup final? It's Aberdeen. You both got it. Uh, name either team Rangers beating their Europa League group this season. I think this has done you, Roger. I thought a man of your ability. Uh, we've got Sparta, Prague or Bronby Oh of course yeah mm. uh, So we're still level Well not really I mean Nicholas is leading by two Due to this ridiculous <laughs> scenario That we've dreamt up uh, The top scoring Scotsman Is Tony Watt So Roger pulls one back uh, Name any Scottish Premiership player Who's played every minute For their club so oh, far Craig Gordon yeah, or Liam Kelly, Kelly. or Max Stryek There's a bit of a theme here, the goalies uh, Jason Holt appears to be the only outfield player There you go, you'll sleep well tonight knowing that uh, So none of you got it uh, How many Scottish clubs has Charlie McGrew played for? It is three, Roger Hanna But Nicholas got it as well And that was the... In fact, Nicholas got one more question Roger, you were even slower than Nicholas Which Scottish Premiership side have conceded the most goals in 2022 with 12? He went St Johnson, which is wrong It's actually Motherwell So Roger, by normal people's standards, you won 3-2 But, I'm afraid, due to our dreamt-up scenario You're on minus 2 And you have lost The experiment is over Well done And in fact, I think I see right through you here Mm. Did you deliberately do that so that you can revert to minus 1 next week? It's like me when I make a... I make a backside of the ironing so that I don't get asked to do it again. No, no, I, I let Daz give me the answers. That's what it was. That was the agreement. You're very slow tonight. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised I, at you. I can only answer the speed of the questions. Well, do you know something? That's a fair point, Roger. Nonsense. I, 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 absolute I nonsense. thought the questions no, were a bit slow coming out, I'm, but I'm, your I'm, eyes I'm, weren't I'm, as closed I'm, as I'm normal. You need listen that, back. You need that listen, listen back. You dallied for. Ages on the Premiership player who's played every minute. Put it this way: Nicholas got the same pace of question, and he got through one more than you did. Mm. Oh, does he shaking his head? No, no. <laughs> well done, anyway, Nicholas. Nicholas. Nicholas, we'll argue amongst ourselves. The sign ball is on its way to Partick. Well done. Thank you. Don't worry, Roger. I will put a, a handwritten letter to Mister Black Arthur that will not go on your permanent record, and we'll go back to minus one next week. Cool, cool. The same for Baz, he oh, minus right. one He's going well just <laughs> I'll now I'll tell the jokes I'm, I'm going well no, he's Big not. opportunity and you let yourself down tonight, Roger <laughs> Big opportunity uh, r- Right, 01419511025 Pick up the phone, let us know what's on your mind We were about to speak to Martin and Stewarton But you've just disappeared, Martin So give us a call back if you're listening uh, And we'll get your point on to the guys 01419511025 You can tweet us as well at Clyde SSB So lots of interesting stuff I enjoyed that, that That first hour Roger and Gordon It's always good to get That inside track I, I know that 
people will think they know a lot about Borussia Dortmund. We, we see a lot of them, we hear a lot of them. Uh, but hearing some of Derek Ray's insight was great, and, and David as well telling us the, the type of style that Celtic will come up against. Yeah, and it's always interesting to hear how the other side view the game. You know, the, Borussia Dortmund, Derek doesn't really give them much of a hope of catching Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga title race. But they are only six points behind, and you just wonder how much stock they put in the Europa League or whether they will rest players, you know, against Rangers and Dortmund on Thursday night. And, you know, whether I'm sure Marco Ross believes Dortmund can haul back and get back into the Bundesliga title race after the, you know, Bayern lost at the weekend to Bochum, a very good away win for Dortmund in Berlin. So maybe he does think they can get back in. Maybe he too will rest a couple of players. Yeah, and I'm sure if uh, the Rangers and Celtic staff are listening tonight, they've taken a lot of information off the two guys. I thought it was absolutely brilliant, great insight to the the teams, Gordon. I thought there were a lot of positive there for our teams and the fact that Dorman, you know, can uh, get a bit weak on the counter-attack and I think Rangers away from home are strong. Um, Celtic obviously going up against the same formation, 4-3-3, but they're in their pre-season, not played for two months competitively, so you must fancy Celtic. I mean, when you were playing this, how difficult is it for a side who haven't played for two months to come and take on a side who are flying mid-season? I think I think if Celtic play at the pace that they normally play, even for that 60-65 minutes, Roger, I think they'll find it very hard to live with them, I've got to say. OK, 01419511025. Rangers fans, Celtic fans, what are you thinking? Ahead of Thursday And by the way Aberdeen fans This is a perfect time To get in touch A couple of days Has passed The dust is beginning To settle Was it the right call To get rid of Stephen Glass And who should replace him St Mirren fans That's where you enter The discussion as well Because reports this afternoon Cranking up the suggestions uh, That it could be An approach for Jim Goodwin So call us right now 01419511025 Because we're going to go To Pataudry There is a big game tonight Let's start with the managerial slant on things, though, Dave Galloway. What did you make of that news? I think it was probably uh, coming, to be quite honest, Gordon. Um, it, it is a shame on a personal basis. Stephen's a very personable, very nice guy. His ideas when he came into the club, they all sounded great, but something appeared to have been lost between... He and the players was the message not getting across. I mean, the only consistent thing about Aberdeen was that they were so inconsistent. I mean, I'm sure it's been discussed a few times on on the show so far this season. Aberdeen playing very well indeed against the likes of Rangers and to some extent Celtic, yet they can't cope with the likes of St Mirren and uh, Livingston. So there has been a, a kind of groundswell of opinion here in the Granite City that you know this has been coming for a while. And I think I think a lot of people could probably see that the writing was um, pretty much on the wall after the defeat and the nature of the defeat in the Cup at Motherwell uh, at the weekend there. Uh, you know, they got off to a great start, but then kind of surrendered um, pretty timidly. I, I think quite a few people maybe thought that tonight would be the, the last chance saloon for Stephen Glass. But obviously, as we know, uh, Dave Cormack, the chairman, decided to pull the trigger on Sunday morning. What have you made of the early names being banded about, Dave? Is there any one in particular that's standing out for you at the moment? 
I think uh, Jim Goodwin, he's done very good things with uh, St Mirren. He would be a, a pretty strong candidate. Um, Neil Lennon, a controversial choice. He certainly would be. Um, and opinion is, is certainly mixed amongst the, the Red Army that I've spoken to. But, you know, he's seen it all and done it all in Scottish football. Uh, you know, certainly they would be two um, top uh, candidates that know the Scottish game. Certainly they've got to go for somebody experienced. You know, uh, Stephen Glass, it, it was a very bold uh, experiment. It, it, it actually didn't work. If you're looking for somebody out with Scotland, um, Nutsen over in uh, uh, Norway doing a fantastic job there. Uh, a lot of people speaking about him as well. Those are probably the the, the three uh, for me. Yeah, going to be interesting, but there's a, a big game to be played before we get to that. Barry Robson uh, in charge tonight against St. Johnson. Then you've got the, the teams in the build-up to that one. Yeah, yes, indeed. You know, Barry Robson, you know, coming in a huge task in his hands and trying to lift Aberdeen. He's not worked with this first team squad before. His regular role is with the under 18s. He's the manager there. On the other side of the coin, Saints boss Calm Davidson, he expressed his sympathy for Stephen Glass, but he himself is fully aware that being sacked is just part and parcel of football. Quick run through the teams then. Five changes, Gordon, for Aberdeen. Uh, Lewis, McKenzie, Ramsey, Barron and Kennedy are in. Out drop Woods, McCrory, Ojo, Bissawan and Montgomery. So it's Lewis in goals. A back four for the Dons of Ramsey, Gallagher, Bates and McKenzie. Barron and Brown sweeping in front of the back four. Further forward, Kennedy, Ferguson and Hayes with Ramirez uh, leading the line for Aberdeen. The subs, Woods, Bissawin, Montgomery, Emmanuel Thomas, McGeoch, Ojo, McLennan, Jenks and Ruth. St. Johnson, four changes for them. In come uh, Brown, Booth, Butterfield and Halberg. Out drops Sang, McPherson, Davidson and Gallagher. So it's Clark in goals. A back three tonight of Cleary, McCart and Gordon. At midfield, Brown, Halberg, Butterfield and Booth with Crawford tucked in behind Middleton and Henry in attack. Subs for Saints tonight. Parrish, Mahon, Sang, Gallagher, Craig, Gilmore, May, Blair and Hector Ingram. And your match referee here tonight at Freezing Cold and Chris Pitaudry. It is Gavin Duncan. Oh, it's an enormous game, really, for Aberdeen tonight. It's a big game for St. Johnson, which has always been forgotten about, Gordon, and it all. Still bottom of the league. They've seen Dundee go and win at Tynecastle last midweek. Can they match it? Can they catch Aberdeen Cole without a full time manager there? Can they get the type of result that lifted Dundee off the bottom of the table last week? Um, you look at that squad, there are big names. Players with big reputations and big pasts in that Aberdeen squad. From Scott Brown through Johnny Hayes, Declan Gallagher, lots of players like that. But they didn't step up for Stephen Glass. That's cost him his job. They're going to need to step up tonight for Barry Robson. And they're going to need to step up for the rest of the season for the next manager. Yes, whether you're an Aberdeen fan or just an interested observer, give us a call right now. 01419511025. Right call, wrong call. Who's next? St Mirren fans, you might want to get involved uh, on that one quickly and we'll elaborate on this later on, I'm sure. Uh, Gordon, you first. Right decision? 100%, yeah. It wasn't the right fit for me. Um, 
It was unfortunate I don't like to see any manager losing their job But I just thought that There was two different directions Manager was going one way And the players were going the other way The icing on the cake was for Park at the weekend They got that early goal And then never really contributed a lot to the game Fans not happy Chairman there as Roger says Yes right decision for me However Roger Hanna win this game tonight Against a team that's struggling And Aberdeen are one point off fourth yeah, listen, you were making that point in the show on Saturday when we were talking in, in, in the phone in about, you know, Stephen Glass's future before the club sacked him, you know, at one point off fourth if they were to win tonight, as you say. But I think sometimes clubs try and think outside the box. And they did that with Stephen Glass, bringing him in from Atlanta United. But the signings they made, the recruitment was very much inside the box. It was Scott Brown, it was Declan Gallagher, it was David Bates, it was players who have played in the Premier League before and you know, just something didn't quite correlate in among it all. I think Aberdeen fans thought that when Christian Ramirez arrived and he has been the shining success in this Aberdeen season, Christian Ramirez, he's played well. I think Aberdeen fans were expecting more like Ramirez to come in, younger players, faster players, more exciting players and the recruitment of the playing personnel and the recruitment of the management team for me didn't quite run together. Right, that's what Roger Hanna and Gordon DL think, which is all well and good. But what do you think? 0141-951-1025. Get your calls in and we'll speak to you next. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It is that time of the night when you test the pundit's knowledge with the questions that you send in. It's the full-time teaser and we've got a good one for the guys tonight. Topical because we've got Champions League games on the go this evening and if you want to send a question in, it's all one. It's full-time, I should say, at Clyde1.com. Full-time at Clyde1.com. Did I just hear you scoff at a Champions League-themed question, Gordon Deal? Yes, you did. Unfortunately, yes. I can all apologise. Don't worry. Don't worry, it's close to home. Name the last 12 Scotsmen to score in the Champions League from the group stages onwards. Name the last 12 Scotsmen to score in the Champions League from the group stages onwards. Would you like to take us away with two guesses each? I'll go James Forrest. You can go James Forrest and you would be correct. Well done. Stephen Uh, Naismith. Stephen Naismith would also be correct. All right, I've got a funny feeling you're going to scoosh this score. I'll stay in the Celtic. Christy. No. Uh, no. No. Right. Oh, okay. Hey, Kenny Miller. Kenny Miller, yeah. friend of the show, is on there as well. Okay, we'll leave it there. You've got three down, nine to go. And if you want to send a question in, it's full time at Clyde1.com. Now, just before the break, we were at Pataudry getting team news. Uh, and that game, of course, against the backdrop of Stephen Glass's departure from Aberdeen. So let's go to the phones. We're going to bring in Karen, who's an Aberdeen fan. From Lanark Nice to have you on the show Karen First of all Was it the right decision Or the wrong decision To get rid of Stephen Glass uh, Personally I think It was the right decision uh, I had my doubts At the appointment To begin with But it was one of these signings He was a young man He was very personable I think the fans Wanted it to work But I think a lot of the fans At the beginning Sort of Got a lucky win At Livingston At the early on In the season And they they fell into this glass ball that everything was going to work. But I think when I started to have my bit doubts was in the League Cup when he rested players against Wraith Rovers. And then from then on, their season just seemed to stutter with the injury of Andy Considine as well. I think he's been a big miss. So 
yes, it was the right decision, but I think it's a shame it didn't work out. Yeah, how damaging were those cup exits, Karen? Because I'm not sure you Aberdeen fans would ever be content with sitting ninth in the league. But as as we've been speaking about, you know, win tonight is a point off fourth. You know, it's very tight. But if you do that in the league and you're out of the cup at Wraith Rovers and then you go out of the other cup at, at Motherwell, is that where the cups can be really quite damaging for, for a, a, an Aberdeen manager? I think psychologically for players, if they, they go in a cup run, they maybe sort of buck their ideas up a, a bit in the league if they want to try and get into, say, a semi-final starting eleven, or if they made it the, the final. Uh, I was at Fir Park on Saturday and they got the early goal, but I said to the chap next to me, as if Motherwell do score, they'll go on and win it because they just seem to fold whenever they go down or another team scores against them. Yeah, Roger, there's a few stats that are damaging for Stephen Glass. The win percentage would obviously be one, but the away record in particular, the number of goals conceded, I think only five clean sheets. I mean, Karen's even pointed out the the games on the road that, that were won. I mean, St. Johnson, there was a big slice of luck there, a, a goal that probably shouldn't have stood. Uh-huh. And then the Livingston yeah. one was a, a, a big mistake from Max Triot. Yeah, the goalie's thrown one in at Livy. The St. Johnson winner was a handball. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been two away wins out of 13 or 14. It would have been no away wins. Throw in Wraith Rovers. You know, the start of the show by talking about whether Giovanni van Bronckhorst and Ange Postecoglou would rest players in you know Europe Stephen Glass rested too many players in the League Cup and get caught out. He lost at Motherwell, having gone ahead after two minutes, having already seen his team escape when Motherwell had a perfectly good goal ruled out. Um, five clean sheets in 40, having signed centre-halves Declan Gallagher and David Bates, doesn't look good for him. And you could say, you know, if they win, they go within a point of fourth, and it's correct. But as we sit here tonight, they're ninth. And for Aberdeen to be sitting ninth and out of both cups and of all those stats going against them, I think Karen's right. I think it was a, it was the only decision that Dave Cormack and the board could make. I thought it, I thought it was a surprising appointment uh, at the beginning. I've got to say, I didn't see it coming. I don't think a lot of people did. But when he's in the building, the one thing as a manager you want is you want support, you want backing from your your board and your chairman. And I think Aberdeen did give Stephen Glass all the backing support. He brought in some good players. He brought in experienced players. He brought in players that knew the league. He got his own backroom staff in there as well. So he really got he got most things that you want as a head coach stroke manager. But his his performances on the road. I watched him on Saturday with the boys in in this in the studio here. They go one nil up. There's a big uh, support down there for Aberdeen looking for. A lot better After that They didn't really contribute There was then a, a burst up With the supporters Being angry with the players The players reacting It just wasn't right And I thought it was A correct decision No point waiting Until after tonight Or next week Move forward And I thought Aberdeen board Got this right Who next then Karen What have you made Of the names Who would you like To see come in I think from The domestic league I think Jim Goodwin or possibly Jack Ross. I see in social media the Norwegian, can't remember his name, he's getting mentioned a lot, but I would sort of put a caveat on that. I think they would need to have somebody that had a knowledge of the league if they go off field and have a foreign appointment. Roger, is, is the Jim Goodwin one 
as likely as it seems or is it just the obvious one that's right under our nose and, and then there's a degree of two and two being put together? No, I think there is an interest there. Um, I wonder, you know, we spoke earlier on to David Wellerson, Carnes mentioned his name as well, Kieran Knudsen, the Bodo Glimt coach. I just can't see him leaving the champions of Norway and everything that he's built up to come to Aberdeen. I think he'll get a bigger job somewhere outside Norway. No disrespect to Aberdeen, but I think he will get a bigger job outside Norway in the coming months or years. Uh, I think having looked outside the box and gone to the MLS and brought Stephen Glass home, I think Aberdeen's next manager is likely to be someone that we know a whole lot better. Dave Galloway went through some of the runners and riders there, Neil Lennon, Jack Ross, etc. But if you were asking me to put Gordon Dale's last pound on it, I would think a deal might be done for Jim Goodwin. And that is a deal that you think would be a good one? Is that a wise choice, a good place to start looking? Well, I've always been impressed by Jim Goodwin. Even when he was at Aloha, I thought he spoke well about the game. Um, he works extremely hard. His teams are always very well set up. Um, he has high standards that he demands every day in training and in every game He's on a good run just now That doesn't harm him either I think Is it six wins and a draw From the last seven uh, Only that defeat at Ibrox Back in Boxing Day So sometimes if you're a manager Timing can help you Or it can hurt you And I think maybe the timing just now Is helping Jim Goodwin But I do think he's a good manager Gordon DL, who would you go for? What are you thinking of the, the, the names being mentioned? No, I, th- I think, uh, you know, just listening to Roger there, and the minute he mentions my last pound, then you can guarantee that I think Jim Goodwin's certainly the favourite. It'll be interesting to hear what St Mirren say about that. Um, I think Jim, like Roger, he's got a lot of good points about him as a manager. He's a strong manager. I like the way he talks. He's well organised. I like the way also his transfer, um, when he goes into the transfer market, he seems to, he can get a bargain. He can get a good player there. He did go through a real difficult time before that. He's on a great run just now, which I think's helped him. And Roger's right. It's all about timing as a manager. But he was on a real bad run of results and things weren't going right for him. He'd probably learn more about himself in that bad run than he's done in his manager uh, career. But it'll be interesting to see what Aberdeen do. Karen, some very good points. Well made. Thank you. Hopefully we'll speak to you again because this is not over. This will rumble on and I'm sure we'll catch up again. That was Karen, Aberdeen fan from Lanark. Go 141951 I will take two more guesses. I'll go. guess each on this teaser. I'll go Callum McGregor You can go Callum McGregor Well done What about the man That was unmasked On the show on Saturday As the knife Stephen Pearson He is not In the last 12 You had me confused there Right And a, a, a few different worlds Are about to collide when you said unmasked, I thought, Gordon's just said Callum McGregor, mm. why are you mentioning that? <laughs> and then, of course, she went on. Then, because of all the masked singer puns that were flying around after that at the weekend, what about your pal, Gordon Deal? Did you see it? Natalie. The winner of the masked singer? Oh! Nats, as you called her. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. I couldn't believe it. I was hooked. I was hooked to the TV thinking, surely, I'd, ask Gord- the question that the people want to know, did you open a charity shop in Kirkcaldy or G- not? Gordon, honestly, and I know you will not believe it, I recognise the voice. <laughs> I rec- I, I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> I met this person before somewhere. G- G- Gordon, 10 or 12 years of working every Tuesday night with this man has taught me, when he starts a sentence with the word, honestly, you know he's talking nonsense.
but the power of this show, seriously, the number of tweets I received about Natalie Imbruglia winning the Masked Singer was quite <laughs> incredible. And people were tweeting her and tweeting ITV and copying them in. I want to know whoever handles her social media account, someone must have seen it. And I want to just know the thought process thing. Who is Gordon Dalziel? What is Kirkcaldy? And what are they on about? You go back, someone will find this, Gordon, and once again, you'll be on this programme apologising to me. I told you about Poster Coglu. You doubted me. What happened? Teammates. I've told you about this, uh, the Masked Singer on Saturday night. What happened? We've opened a shop together. Big celebs. She got to the Masked Singer. I didn't get invited. I was doing the programme. But... I'm delighted she won and congratulations. I've had her number. Well, I lost it, but if I had her number, I'd send was it. This, uh, was this shop opening before or after you did the Gaelic show with Tom Boyd? That's another true story. T- well, that, we've never got, we've not yet got to the bottom of that either. So let me stop it there before we this all gets out of hand. <laughs> um, and let's just try and rein it. Uh, no, not yet. Let's rein it back in. Let's go Martin, who's a Rangers fan on the phones. He's from Stewarton. Martin, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, there's a couple of points. Uh, I was telling the producer about the debuts and the young players getting a start on, uh, or coming on, sorry, on the Saturday. Also, the Dortmund game, uh, I think it's going to be... It's going to be a strange one. Dortmund won a couple of games uh, recently, as well as won a couple of games, uh, get out of the cup. And then uh, Ham by Leverkusen 5-2 uh, at home. Which is a big one, but I think Rangers will, will find it tough on Thursday night. I think it's going to be a very tough. I think if we come away with a draw and maybe go back to Iberts, I'd be very, very happy. Yeah, I mean, Roger Hanna, we sometimes view these things through our lens, and I noticed that at the weekend. It was interesting because we got a good look at Leverkusen against Celtic, and they were very, very good, albeit, you know, there were certainly times in, in the two legs that Celtic made a good go of it. They hammered Dortmund at the weekend, 5 2. But the, the the league table tells you that, you, you know, Dortmund are a very good side. I don't think we can take from that one game that they're much, you know, inferior uh, to Leverkusen because the league table would contradict that. Yeah, they, listen, they will be favourites over two legs to get past Rangers and qualify for the last 16. There's no doubt about it. You look at some of the quality in the side, we always focus on Erling Haaland. Even if he's not there, Marco Reus... German international who I think those two goals against Union Berlin at the weekend took him to 150 for Dortmund over the years Jude Bellingham one of the brightest young midfield talents in Europe if not the world is there Mats Hummels at the back who seems to have played for Germany forever so wherever you look in that Dortmund side there is quality Um, Martin spoke about taking a draw I think every Rangers fan and Giovanni van Bronckhorst would sign up for that now and then get them back to Ibrox a week on Thursday it's some contrast, Martin, isn't it? With no disrespect to the good people of Annan, but to go from Galabank to the Signal Iduna in the space of a few days is, is quite something. Yeah, and I think there's a few more fans <laughs> in the, the stadium of the Signal Iduna as well. Uh, yes, it's, it's, but that's, that's the contrast of, of Scottish football. We play Scottish Cup games one week and play a league game, then we're in Europe the next week, the next week as well. And as I said, what? The, the boy Alex Lowry who I think came on again at the weekend started a couple of times already this season I thought he was he, he's fantastic he looks he looks hungry for the ball he, he carries the ball well he passes the ball well you know and he can he can see the pass which is 
which is brilliant for a young player of that age. He can see the past before he's even done it uh, as well. So I think uh, he's a, a very good prospect. Charlie McCann that came on and looked, looked bright and, uh, you know, rambunctious as well, you know, forward and, and go at players as well. So I think, you know, those two, I think I'd like to see maybe coming in in the, in the near future, maybe not as, as quick as, you know, the next this season, because I think this is probably going to be a bit of a tough uh, run into the games. I don't think we can afford to maybe start blooding in young players the now, because uh, we need to try and get that, that title uh, over the line, hopefully, back, you know, get the, obviously the point back from Celtic and get back ahead. But, you know, I'd like to see them, you know, and start to get the, the game time. Uh, as well, like Nathan Patterson has, and you know, well, hopefully we don't we don't sell uh, Alex Lee uh, I'd like to see him stay in the future because the the future is bright for the young man. Martin, that is the word of the night. Gordon DL has often been described as rambunctious mm. uh, as well, uh, but in, in a very different uh, way, I suspect. Gordon, are you as impressed as as Martin is with the? The Rangers youngsters. It's been a it's been a wait for, for some Rangers fans, hasn't it? There's been a couple of false dawns and a lot of criticism that the academy hasn't been producing mm-hmm. high profile example now and Nathan Patterson and maybe guys like Alex Lowry starting to, yeah. to make a real stamp on things. Yeah, Lowry. I like the look of him. I, I agree with Martin. I think that um, he gives you something exciting. He can run with the ball. He's got good feet. He's got uh, good skill. He come off the bench of Sterling Albion, I think it was, and got his goal uh, very quick, settled him into it. He looks like he's not uncomfortable with the, the sort of players round about him. I know that you can look back and say, well, it's Sterling Albion and, and Annan, yes, of course, but you've still got to go out there and produce with experienced guys. I think there was one or two of the younger players really showed up at the weekend. Uh, it was nice of them to be given an opportunity there. They loved that, but probably Thursday night will be back to the, the tried and tested. Martin, you can come back any time. Nice to speak to you, 01419511025. On the subject of Europe on Thursday, did you know Moyer and Sweeney Litigation are this year's sponsors of Super Scoreboard's European football coverage? And to celebrate, they're going to give you the chance to win a 58-inch Samsung 4K TV and an Amazon Echo show. So some excellent prizes there. Uh, Moyer and Sweeney Litigation, multi-award winning law firm, offering high-quality, discreet legal service in a wide range of matters, whether that's criminal defence, family law, road traffic, public inquiries, personal injury, and lots more. If you want to head to Clyde1.com, you can find out more and enter for your chance to win that 58-inch Samsung TV and Amazon Echo show. And it's all thanks to Moyer and Sweeney Litigation, sponsors of Super Scoreboard's European football coverage. We'll take more of your calls next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Still time for you to give a call to Gordon DL and Roger Hanna and let them know what is on your mind. We are on Twitter as well at Clyde SSB, uh, where incidentally Stephen Wiseman has been in touch. Listen to this, right? He's listening in the car. He's, I'm sure he's pulled over and been very safe or he's in the passenger seat or something before I get Stephen in trouble. He sent a picture of his sat-nav and it says, makes life on the road easier. He's driving from Kilmarnock to Wales and he's not going to arrive until half past ten this evening and he's got you two for company, so no pressure keeping this guy entertained on that journey. <laughs> half past ten from Kilmarnock to... Oh, Jesus. How many times would you have to pull over and work on that hip you wouldn't be able to sit long for no, that absolutely. length of time would you not a chance between no. the hip and the knee yeah I've torn oh, my don't cartilage start. yeah it's torn have you have yeah. you had the verdict yeah you're I've joking had, no. I'm oh. devastated mate so my heart 
goes out to you. So this was all this was weeks ago as well. What's the what's the time frame on recovery? When will you be back on the golf course? I, d- I don't the know. Needs to know. I don't know. But if anybody wants to buy a, a pair of size nines, uh, foot joys, anything under armors, please give me a chance. He's, he's an oh one four one nine five one one oh two five. He's definitely ruled out the rest of the Winter Olympics, Gordon. Oh, honestly, I'm just amazed that he could remember that phone number. It must yeah, be up um, in the studio yeah, wall. It is, yeah. I thought that right. Okay. Uh, incidentally, it is 01419511025 if you want to get in touch. This is like the contact us section, fulltime at Clyde1.com. That's the email if you want to send a full-time teaser in. And that's exactly what we've had tonight. Can you name the last 12 Scotsmen? It was Davey in Belsill who sent this, by the way. Davey says, mm-hmm. name the last 12 Scotsmen to score in the Champions League. From the group stages onwards, you've got Forrest, Naismith, Kenny Miller, friend of the show, and Callum McGregor. Um, what about Square square Go Burrows? <laughs> what? He means Tony, Tony Watt. Watt. <laughs> oh, Square Go Burrows, right. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, that is like the worst cryptic crossword right. clue of all time. Tony Watt, yes. Sean Maloney. Uh, yes, well done. Go on, Roger. I think we were thinking too much old for him. What about Andy Robertson? Ah, it's an obvious one, isn't it? Andy Robertson. Mm-hmm. He's only and won the thing. Darren Fletcher? Yeah, of course. Okay, so we'll leave that there. What's that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, four to get. We'll get them, I'm sure. Uh, before the end of the show. Anything doing yet at Pataudry? I don't think so. Uh, Barry Robson is he going to get off to a flyer and throw his name into the ring for the job I don't know but it goalless at the moment uh, what did you make of the Scottish Cup draw last night Roger Hanna well yeah listen as you, as you always say Gordon we tend to look at these things through the prism of the old firm so anything that's not Celtic v Rangers or Rangers v Celtic um, is probably what the sponsors would want they want to keep them apart to the final you would imagine so they both go to the city of discovery Celtic probably in the face of things of the tougher ask going away to Dundee United who I saw beat Partick Thistle at the weekend Rangers go to Dundee who bizarrely despite when 11th in the league are the lowest ranked team left in the competition I think Motherwell Hibs will be a terrific game it will be up there with the Motherwell Aberdeen which was possibly the tie of the round there at the weekend and Hearts having sneaked through in penalties against their dear friend Martin Bartley's Livy at the weekend Another home tie against a St Mirren side who may or may not still be managed by Jim Goodwin by the weekend of March the 12th and 13th. Yeah, looking forward, yes, looking forward to it, Gordon. Did you give us one of the answers there with Barry Robson? Listen, just you oh, hold okay, your horses, okay. right? Okay. We'll get back to that. <laughs> on, on, the, on the subject of the cup draw, Gordon, let's start with the big two then. Obviously, yeah. top of the league, Celtic with the League Cup in the bag. And Rangers looking for a first Scottish Cup win in a long, long time. What did you make of of those draws? Yeah, I think everyone prefers a home draw. That's what they all say. But uh, you look at Rangers going to Dundee, you would fancy them very strongly. And I think that Celtic would certainly take care of Dundee United. Although, if they play anything like the first half against Raith Rovers, I don't think the manager would be too happy. But um, that would be two terrific games. And I think the, 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 the tie of the round is the home team well against Hibs I think that'll be a fantastic cup you always think back to the 6-6 don't you 6-6 yeah brilliant absolutely brilliant for Park Um, but I think that's a good one Hart St Mirren will Jim Goodwin still be in uh, charge of St Mirren when he takes uh, Hearts on at Tynecastle yeah even recently the the first game of the season at Fir Park between the sides was brilliant but then there was a truly dreadful 0-0 wasn't there between Motherwell and Hibs so He'll be hoping for a bit more entertainment than that one. But recent recent times, decent 
decent uh, fixtures between the two. Oh, very much so. It's always a good. You know, listen, we speak about the six six, but it always does tend to be a good game. I think Hibs won there, as you say, in the opening weekend. But it was a game that sort of introduced Kevin Van Veen to the Motherwell support. They took him to their hearts straight away. He shone again at the weekend, um, even taunting Declan Gallagher in his return to Fir Park. So he will be important to Motherwell if they're to get beyond this tie and get to Hamden for a semi final. Goal at Pataudry. And it's come for the visitors. Mm. You can just imagine the mood inside there. And would you believe Callum Hendry, who spent time on loan there at Aberdeen recently, son of our friend of the show, Big Braveheart, it's his boy Callum. And he's opened the scoring after just six minutes. If the Aberdeen fans weren't already feeling pretty down about themselves, they certainly will be now, Roger. Yeah, well, we've said in the show, I mean, we do talk about Aberdeen because the manager's gone. This is a huge game for St Johnson. Um, they have gone from double cup winners last season to probably favourites for the drop now. It's been a terrible slide this season. They saw Dundee go and get a very unexpected win at Tynecastle last midweek. If they're going to keep pace with Dundee, they're going to have to go and get results like that somewhere along the line as well. Actually, they look at St Johnson's forthcoming fixtures. They've got some awkward, awkward games in the next run of games. They've got Rangers, they've got Hibs. And they need to get points somewhere So why not go and get them Against an Aberdeen side Who Unsurprisingly Looks shaky at the start I mean, There's a long way to go Gordon DL mm. Don't get me wrong But it just seems like You know Does this, does this Aberdeen side Have it in them to, to come back from a goal down We'll find out Yeah I think I think they have um, Gordon But I do agree with Roger It's an important game for St John's as well They can leapfrog Dundee And put them to the bottom of the, the table tonight And they've got off to a terrific start uh, I'll be a big uh, challenge for the players because you know the Aberdeen fans they'll be restless up there they'll be on their backs they'll have to show a lot of character Barry Robson's went in there caretaker managers just now made five changes obviously doesn't uh, agree with Stephen Glass's uh, picks so uh, it's up to him to try and turn that round but it's a great start for Callum Davidson Dave Galloway on the edge of the seat in that Petodrie press box does. yeah he'll not be happier Dave you've got four more quickly on this teaser let's go Barry Robson. Barry Robson. Yeah, Barry Robson. Well done. <laughs> I gave it away, didn't I? What about Lee Griffiths? Lee Griffiths is on that list. Now, just a quick reminder if anyone's wanting to recap, we're looking for the last 12 players to score from the group stages onwards. Uh, last 12 Scotsmen, sorry, to score group stages onwards uh, in the Champions League. You've got Forrest, Naismith, Kenny Miller, Callum McGregor, Tony Watt, Sean Maloney, Andy Robertson, Darren Fletcher, Lee Griffiths, and Barry Robson. So, two to get. Chris Commons? Yep. Roger. I'm, 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 I don't know the last Are one. Are you? What do you mean? Started his, career, started his career at your team, Gordon Diel. Motherwell. Motherwell? Started there. Most notably played for Rangers. Played for Wigan. And is now McCulloch. on the coaching staff. Yeah, well done, Lee, Lee McCulloch. Well done. Uh, thank you to Roger Hanna and Gordon Diel. Thanks for all your calls and tweets. Huge midweek coming up. We're back tomorrow from six with Andy Halliday and Marvin Bartley. Johnny Campbell is up next. <laughs>